Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real, Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep-free trial and a 10-year warranty, so you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code IDO for an exclusive 35% off. Because every mom deserves a good night's sleep, and with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash I do. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. I just had a great conversation with 
Dr. Michelle Druin, and Dr. Druin is a behavioral scientist, an expert on technology, relationships, couples, and sexuality, whose work has been featured or cited in the New York Times, CBS News, CNN, NPR, and other media outlets. She is a professor of psychology at Purdue University and a senior research scientist at the Parkview Miro Center for Research and Innovation, and she has a book coming out called Out of Touch, How to Survive an Intimacy Famine. And that's exactly what we talk about. We talk about what intimacy is, what an intimacy famine is, and the remedies for it. And a lot of it has to do with technology and how it's been introduced into our lives. And Michelle gives us some really great tools on how to use it and embrace it. Because a lot of things that, that I know I see and have implemented is just like digital detox, get the phone away from me. And I think that's important and there's a place for that, but like it or not, it's in our lives and there's ways that we can use it to connect more with our partner, with our friends, with our family, with our kids. And Michelle gives us some great tools to do that and lots more. So I really enjoyed today's conversation. Hope you guys are having a great day wherever you're listening to this or evening or night. I really appreciate you tuning in, telling your friends and family about the show and leaving those five-star iTunes reviews that helps us get seen by more people to just give them this information because I'm just here long for the ride. I get to have interesting conversations and get the tools and information right along Side you, and I'm really thankful for that. So, as always, thanks again and enjoy today's show. Hi, Michelle. Thanks so much for joining me on the show today. Thanks for having me. I want to start by talking about something that that you're really pushing, and I won't say maybe you coined the phrase, but I'm sure other people are using it, but that is intimacy famine and how we got here, how it shows up, how you're seeing it in real life. And we'll talk about how we can deal with it. Oh, exciting. Let's dive right in. So first, I do think I coined the phrase. I was really just thinking about where we are in terms of our intimacy, even in our pre-pandemic world. And I thought, we're really in a famine. And I hadn't seen those terms put together before, but I thought it really captured nicely what I feel like I see. And another researcher I was talking to, Justin Garcia, he's the head of the Kinsey Institute. So he does a lot of research with relationships and he has a book coming out as well in the spring called The Intimate Animal. And I thought it was strange. We hadn't really talked about it. The fact that we both had these books coming out. And I said to him, you know, I saw that you're writing all of this about intimacy. And he said, yes, and you're using the word intimacy famine. I'm going to have to go back and make sure that I put that into my book. And so I thought it was interesting that two researchers who are both studying relationships and particularly we both also look at technology and its effect on relationships. And we had both come to the same conclusion. But yeah, I think I I was the one who coined the phrase first. And I do think that people will start using it because I think other people have noticed the trend. Well, let's dive in because intimacy famine does not sound good. I think anything with famine, certainly 
intimacy. So how is that showing up? Why is that happening? And let's talk about how we can prevent it or heal it. Sounds good. So first, let's define intimacy. Intimacy, when people think of it, they might jump immediately to sex. They might think that intimacy is about sexual relationships, whether that be just touching or intercourse or whatever variety sex takes place in your mind. But intimacy is a wider concept than just sex. It's intellectual intimacy, social intimacy. It's the exchanges you have with your neighbors, your friends. It's close sharing of who you are with someone else. And that can be physical. It can be effective. It can be emotional. Um, It can be physical, but not sex. So it can be touching, hugging. All of that is intimacy. And I think that my focus on it has really been directed by my research. So for about a decade, I've been looking at the ways technology affects relationships. And I looked at first sexting and whether or not sexting is good for couples or bad for couples, how often it's occurring. But in all of the research that I was doing, I was noticing, you know, we have this intermediary device that's putting kind of a wedge between us and some of the types of intimacy that we could be experiencing in our lives. And when I'm looking out at the world, what I'm noticing is that we have higher rates of loneliness. A lot of people, more than a fifth of the people in the United States, and the results are similar if you look at places like Great Britain, say that they're lonely. Um, We have a lot of social isolation. The more people are online, the lonelier it seems that they are. So there's this kind of inverse relationship between social media use and feelings of loneliness. So we are, in one way, expanding our social networks so that we can touch a lot of different people. But what that means is that we're not deep diving and touching people very deeply. So it's like if you have a pool cover, this is what I thought of last night. It's like you have a pool cover, you know, the ones that are supposed to keep people from falling through a pool. If you throw a bunch of marbles on it, it's not going to penetrate it because you have this big surface that it's going to absorb it. And if you throw a bowling ball onto it, it might get deep enough. And so what I think is all these little interactions that we're having, they're like marbles thrown on a pool cover. They're just dispersing, I think, our social energy. Whereas if you throw a bowling ball, then you have one big concentration of energy. And so by getting these little interactions with a lot of different people, we're missing these big intimate moments with our special, special people. I love that metaphor. I think you should stick with it. If you just came up with it last night, I I think it's great in Yeah, it's relatable and it does seem to be what is happening. So how can we get that bowling ball depth to our relationships? That's a great question. So I'm not a person who's eschewing technology. In fact, throughout the book, I make it very obvious and an important point that technology is here to stay. It clearly meets social needs and can actually be the solution to some of our social dilemmas. So what I propose is you prioritizing, doing something called social economizing, which is not a a term that I coined, but I love it. So you make decisions every day about who to invest your time in, how much time to invest, and whether it be a text message that you send to 20 friends saying, hey, how are you doing? 
or one text message you send to your mom or your partner that tells them how much you love them, how you hope they have a really great day. Ask them something deep and meaningful instead of just, hey, how are you? What I think is we can make the choice every day to disperse those energies towards lots of different people and never really make a big splash. Or we can dive in deep with the people that we want. And we can do that with or without technology. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. If you're tuning into today's show, you're probably aware that mental health and relationship challenges are a part of life, but they don't have to define you and you're not alone. If you've ever wished that you could join a conversation with an expert and call into a show in a similar vein as relationship advice, here's an opportunity for you. If you're navigating something messy, call the Dr. John Deloney show. His show recently hit top five of all podcasts on Apple Podcasts and for a good reason. With a PhD in counseling and two decades of experience sitting with people, Dr. Deloney brings practical advice on how to connect with others, face depression, overcome anxiety, and find true wellness. This caller-driven show tackles real-life issues from relationships to emotional well-being. Dr. Deloney walks alongside people just like you as they navigate tough decisions. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney Show is here for you. Send your questions, leave a voicemail at 844-693-3291 or email askjohn at ramseysolutions.com. They want to talk to you. Listen to the Dr. John Deloney Show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on our website. When you work full-time, have kids, and run a podcast, it's hard to make time for a multiple-step skincare protocol. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, OneSkin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy while looking and feeling your best. Let me repeat it. They make it easy... No complicated routine, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. If you're looking for skincare products that are simple and effective, for a limited time, you'll get an exclusive 15% off your first OneSkin purchase when using the code I do when you check out at oneskin.co. I've been using OneSkin's body lotion for about a month and I've already seen noticeable improvements with small wrinkles and textures on my skin, specifically on the back of my neck and the back of my hands, two places where I get a lot of sun. Plus, my skin looks and feels healthier all around. It's all thanks to OneSkin's revolutionary OS-01 peptide, the first ingredient proven to deactivate aging cells responsible for lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin. Unlike traditional skincare products that only mask symptoms, OneSkin pioneered a new approach integrating tissue engineering and cutting-edge science to enhance skin biology for lasting resilience against aging. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using the code IDO at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with the code IDO. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support your show and tell them we sent you. I want to talk a little bit about 
the technology aspect. And I think it's interesting because I did read how you're not vilifying technology and actually that we can use it for positive effects. But part of my struggle personally and just understanding this is I feel like it's such a powerful new tool. Social media is barely 10 years old and our monkey minds just aren't great at using it responsibly. And so part of what I hear you saying is that, you know, we can use it, but how can we really try not to get sucked into the black hole of Instagram and not do a complete digital detox, but have it in our lives, but constantly be checking that we're doing it responsibly? Chase, this is the million dollar question and one that I get asked by everyone I speak to, parents, <laughs> people, just anyone who's living a modern life is like, how do I make this so that I'm getting the most out of it and not falling victim to the dangers or the time wastes? Uh, and the answer is really just a prioritization. I think that you said it, and I think it probably captures it well, you said we have these monkey minds. They've done a very good job, tech companies, for making our phones very appealing. They're appealing even to babies. They they made them very appealing to us. They've gamified everything. They have these bids for our attention through the alerts that we get, whether they pop up as visual alerts. I always have my phone on silent. I don't know about you, Chase, but do you have it on? Do I you do, hear things? especially now, but... Most of the time I have it on, on silent and I don't really have many notifications at all. Okay, so that's good. So I think one way that we can stop responding to the bids of attention that our phone is giving us, because what I will say is our phone, yeah, it's this, it's this, you know, piece of metal and plastic and, you know, all these little parts. But actually what it represents is our deepest social network. I mean, I understand why people are addicted to their phones. Everyone that you love, you are connected to through your phone. So you're not just attending to your phone or attending to your social networking site. You're actually attending to the people who you love most in this world, the people who you are connected to most. So your want to look at those things is totally natural. We want to feel like we belong. We want to feel loved. We want to give our love to other people. We want to feel right above like having water and feeling a sense of security. We want to feel connected to others. So totally normal. If we want to pay more attention to the people who are in our immediate space, then what we do is turn those notifications off. Like you said, you've already done, you have options. Do you want the notifications to pop up? Then put them on. If you don't, then turn them off. You can actually silence your notifications. I mean, the tech companies also know that this is something that people are coping with. So they've built in these features that allow us to turn off those notifications. We can silence our phones for to parts of of the evening. But better yet, you can even just put your phone in a totally different place. When I want to tell my family that I am here for them. So I know you have a daughter by listening to past episodes. How old is your daughter, Chase? Six. Okay. So I have uh, a 12-year-old, nearly 12, and a, a son who just turned 14 yesterday. And they need me far less than they did when they were six, um, but they still need me. And more than that, they need for me to set a model of 
how do I interact with the people who are in my home? And so we have rules around technology. We put our phones in our bedrooms at night. We turn them off. The kids are not allowed to have them uh, when they go to sleep. During mealtimes, we are not allowed to have phones anywhere near the dinner table. We eat dinner together as a family. Um, during short car rides you know, to and from maybe their hockey practices, they are not allowed to use their phones. So we are all attentive to each other in some sacred times and sacred spaces. So it's about prioritization. You know, some for some people, they're going to prioritize the alerts on their phone because maybe it's a time in their life. Let's say, for example, your parent was sick, Chase. You know, you would want to keep your alerts on because you want to make sure you're getting all the information about that parent. So there'll be times in our lives when that phone is the most important being. But when it isn't, then use that power to put it away, turn it off silence it, whatever you need to do to create the space you need for the people who are right there. I want to go back to something you said you were doing some research on a few years ago, and that is sexting and how it affects relationships. Could you share a little bit about what you guys found? Yeah. And I mean, maybe I misspoke a little bit by saying how it affects relationships. What we were really looking at is just how it relates to other parts of relationships. And this is what we found. I mean, generally, the closer people are, the more likely they are to send sex messages to each other. And among couples who sext a lot, they do tend to have higher sexual satisfaction. So that makes sense, right? If they're sexing each other, then they're going to maybe have a a stronger sexual relationship. But we also found there are a bunch of negative correlates. So people who are sexting the most were more likely to be ambivalent in their relationship, meaning they were unsure whether they wanted to stay or go. They also had more arguments about technology. They were also more likely to be viewing pornography. Um, they were more more likely to have different types of couple conflict. So although we do see this relationship between sexting and a higher level of sexual satisfaction, other parts of the relationship are not as great. Now, we have seen people propose that if you do like a sexting intervention with a couple, maybe it'll bring them closer. But I actually haven't seen any research showing that. So the effects of sexting on a relationship, if experimentally manipulated, it's a study that hasn't been done. And I myself would like to see what the results would be, but I'm just not sure. Yeah. And certainly one is probably a product of the other. Like if you have a good sex life and there's good sexual chemistry, you might be more inclined to sex with your partner. And, and exactly. it's like a chicken and the egg thing. I don't think you're going to, but that, that could be a thing that, you know, I've encouraged listeners in the past through our conversations with guests is like trying something new. So maybe you've never sent a suggestive text to your partner. And that might be something, you know, like if it's you guys have a date night planned to put that out there as something new and and novel. It could be additive. It could be. And it doesn't even have to be new and novel to be additive. I mean, it could be additive even if you do it all the time, even if you're regularly sending your partner sex messages. I will say one thing I've been thinking about a lot, and this relates to the intimacy famine that I see among couples, certainly. And I'm going to say, you know, obviously, I'm actually not a clinician. So um, I'm a research psychologist. I work at a university. I study relationships. And what that means, not being a clinician, is that I am not a clinician. So when I talk to people, I talk to them as an inquisitive friend. 
and an inquisitive researcher who's always gathering kind of anecdotal data. And I ask people a lot, um, are you happy? And I I do this with very close people as just kind of a general check-in. How are you doing? Are you happy today, this week, this month? And people are pretty willing to open up. People like to talk about themselves. And I don't think a lot of people dive deep in talking to people about relationships, but people know I do, so I'm forgiven. But I've also started asking people who I know only fairly well, are you happy? And I find that a lot of people say that they're missing things in their relationship. And one of the things that has come up recently with a couple of people is sexual spontaneity. They've said, yeah, things are pretty good, but I'm really missing sexual spontaneity. And I think, well, one way to be spontaneous with a partner is instead of sending them a message in the middle of the day, you know, complaining about something at work or telling them about something you need, you could send them a message just telling them how hot you think they are or how, you know, sexy they were last night or how you can't wait for them to get home. And that might be the spontaneous message they need to really feel better about themselves, the relationship, to spark something in you that will actually bring you closer. So I think that there's something to be said about so the sex messages being used to communicate a spontaneity that maybe is lacking in a lot of relationships. I've been I've been married for almost 25 years. So I come <laughs> by this idea of spontaneity very um, naturally, I think, through time. What about you? How long have you been? Are you married? No, no. But I wanted to say that I do love that sexual spontaneity sending a message, but you could say kindness spontaneity, right? Like, oh, yeah, anything. Anything, exactly. Because we get so stuck in a rut of just normalcy and the the daily habits. And that can be nice and comfortable in a long-term relationship. But sometimes it's nice to just get a text of like, hey, I, I was just thinking about how grateful I am that you did the dishes last night. And that goes such a long way. So I love that suggestion. 100%. And it's another reason why technology shouldn't be eschewed because it does give us almost constant contact with the people that we love. And it doesn't have to be only with our romantic partners. We can do that with a friend. We can do that with a loved one. I'm sure my mom, when she receives a random text from me telling me, telling her how much I appreciate her, it makes her day, you know? So I think that you're totally onto something. We need to just think about ways to frame our conversations so that they bring light and happiness to the people that we're sending them to. One one other thing that I I did I have been thinking about as well is just you know, we spend a lot of time investing in new relationships, you know, young love, new friendships. We try to be our best and funniest and, you know, brightest selves. But I think over time, we stop showing that side of ourselves to our partners. And I don't know why. That doesn't make any sense. We should be trying ultra hard with our partners. We should try to get them to fall in love with us every day. So don't reserve the best of yourself for the start of a relationship. Make it a daily commitment. That is a great framework of of how to think of things, you know, again, getting outside of that comfort and yeah, putting a little effort into it. These things don't just happen on their own. What are some other tools that people can use that maybe aren't so obvious with technology to create more intimacy? 
It depends. So as I said, we have this constant contact. So I don't know what your situation is in terms of work from home or how close you are to your partner on a daily basis if you have a partner. But my husband works far away. So when when he's away, obviously the phone is the way we can contact each other. There are some kind of new technologies that have been invented where you can, you know, wear a bracelet and when you're partners thinking of you, they press a button and it lights up. Or um, if you want to even talk in a sexual way, they have underwear that will vibrate when your partner presses a button. So, I mean, they've really started to create these technologies so that people can convey to each other over a distance, hey, I'm thinking of you. I think there's also a lamp. I think it's called like a friendship lamp or something where if your friend is thinking of you, they can make it pulse a certain color. Um, There's also one I think that syncs to your heartbeat so that your partner's heartbeat can be connected to yours um, and you can hear your partner's heart beating. All of these things are great, but you don't need that kind of thing. Our words are super valuable. So you can call them, you can text them, you can send them a letter. I mean, you don't even need technology to do it. But I think those are probably the most important ways. I will say too, for couples who are at a distance, whether it's for the day or for a week, for a month. A lot of people say they use video chats and that helps them feel connected to a partner. The Bluetooth underwear, that's another level of uh, <laughs> yes. connection. And it, things like that are only going to become more prevalent. And I guess on that note, as someone who's studying technology and psychology and relationships, I know you take the, the positive angle for, for the most part of how we can use it. I tend to be maybe a little more pessimistic because I just feel like it's it's also new on the evolutionary scale and we're not good at dealing with it. And that's why I think these conversations are so important because a big step is just becoming aware of our use. How do you think of just the broader theme of where we're at and where we're going with this technology and relationships? Chase, I've been thinking about this for years because I'm I'm trained as an experimental psychologist, but my core concentration is developmental psychology. So I've been thinking about how technology affects who we are and who we're becoming, essentially since it arrived on the scene. Unfortunately, or fortunately, I'm, I'm not sure, but technologies get released to market before we've had a chance to study them. And that's a natural progression because we can't study something before people are actually using it. And what happens is, you know, these tech companies, they have these really great innovators. They are constantly trying to improve things, make things more attractive, make things better, make things more streamlined. They release them. And then as researchers, we're trying to catch up. What effect is this having? And I hear your pessimism. And I know that it's reflected in tons of people who I speak to about this issue. They're concerned about their kids. You know, what kind of relationships are they going to have when everything is so distal and very little is proximal? As a very salient example for me, I have two sons in middle school. And when I was in middle school, I was always at parties. There were always parties. Now I understand that my two sons are in middle school during a pandemic and that is not a good time for parties for anyone. However, 
even without the pandemic, they were not going to as many parties. And I thought, why isn't that happening? Why are they not going to big group events with their friends? And I thought, I know why, because they're texting them and they're playing online games with them where they're talking to them at night and they don't need to see them in person because they have these little drips of social interaction with their friends all the time that I didn't have. I had these humongous like drains. I had the, I was drenched basically. So there's this drip drench hypothesis that basically says you can understand something or be influenced by something in this giant drench where you get drenched with it. Or it can be these small little drips. And these little drips can be just as influential as being drenched in something. So what it made me think is maybe these social interactions that they're getting, what I see is these drips, maybe that's enough. Maybe that's what they need. And maybe that's preparing them for the future that I actually see us heading towards. A more robotic, more AI um, dominated culture where a lot of people are working from home, relationships are built at a distance. Maybe my children will be better at building relationships and sustaining them at a, at a distance, which they will probably need professionally and they may need in order to navigate their social lives. So I don't see us going anywhere that's horrible for humankind. What I just think is for people like me who grew up in a different era, we need to shift our perspective. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. Do you want to know one of my favorite meals? It's a slice of toasted bread with tomato, mozzarella, basil, olive oil, salt and pepper, and a little drizzle of balsamic glaze. Makes my heart happy. It's so simple. It's so delicious. And I love that all the ingredients get to show off their individual flavors. I used to eat it all the time as my easy go-to meal. And then all of a sudden, there was a ton of messaging out there telling me that I shouldn't eat carbs and that I shouldn't eat bread and that bread is bad. And I hate to admit it, but I cut out bread entirely for the longest time. And it wasn't until recently that I started to understand that not all bread is created equal. Hero Bread makes those same delicious favorites free of consequences or compromises. They've remade carby, empty calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories, plus protein and fiber. I highly recommend that you give their bread a try. They're giving relationship advice listeners 10% off when you visit Hero dot co and use the code I do at checkout. I was so excited to discover Hero Bread. It's truly amazing. And they've made a product that is tasty and soft while having zero to one grams of net carbs, zero grams of sugar and high in fiber. I'm not going to lie. Their white bread is so good and it makes the best tomato and mozzarella sandwich. Last week, Stella and I were back in Florida visiting our family and we all walked to the lake and the only bread we had in the house was hero bread. So we grabbed a slice, walked to the lake, and by the time we got there, Stella had eaten the whole piece of bread and of course, wanted more. So the poor ducks didn't get any hero bread, but Stella did. Since I had cut out bread for a while, every time I ate low quality bread, my body felt bad. It felt bloated and I didn't feel great. 
But with Hero Bread, I feel good after eating it, which makes my life so much easier because now I can go back to my easy grab-and-go sandwiches when I'm on the run. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code IDO at checkout. That's IDO at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Money is one of the biggest stressors in relationships. While worrying about it doesn't help a ton, Earnin actually does. Our sponsor, Earnin, is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Many couples end up fighting about finances, especially when surprise costs arise. Earnin allows you to seamlessly deal with that unexpected trip to the vet or the last minute gift for loved ones without any stress, letting you and your partner focus on what really matters. Earnin is helping millions of Americans to feel self-sufficient and to worry and fight less about money. All of this without debt trap, mandatory fees, or credit checks. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download Earnin app, type in relationship advice under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show. That's relationship advice under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. And maybe occasionally get drenched, right? Like, obviously, (laughs) you know, it's a balance. And I love the metaphor again. I was just thinking of your pool metaphor at the start, but that maybe they're just getting all the marbles, but they're not getting that bowling ball. And so, yeah, we're not going to get rid of the Internet, cell phones, technology. And there is a lot of value in being able to use that in a productive way, create connection and find that balance between connecting with friends. I'm I'm thinking of your kids. I'm thinking of Stella as she grows up being able to do that, but then occasionally knowing that we do need to have that human to human in-person contact. I mean, I think we do. I So I did a TED talk in 2015 that doesn't actually seem to have dated that much, actually. I I thought that over years it would lose its meaning, but I still think it's pretty relevant. And in it, when I begin, I talk about meeting my husband. So we met in college and I went up to him in a dining hall and I went up to this table full of hockey players. I didn't know that at the time and was pretty much humiliated by one of his friends who said, you don't know who this is. And I walked away thinking, I just completely blew that. (laughs) I'm probably never going to talk to that guy again. That was horrible. But one thing it did, Chase, is it took me so much courage to walk up to him. And I don't know if my children will ever have an event like that because they, first of all, don't ask people out in the same way that we did in 1993. And second of all, I think the when I can look at my 14-year-old and the way he navigates his relationships via social media, if one girl says no, he's like, oh, on to the next. 
because they're so accessible. So I have these same concerns and I didn't even realize that the bowling ball thing actually fed into this drip drench hypothesis, but you're completely right. It really does. I want my children to get drenched. I want them to have the experiences where their heart is pounding because they're so nervous about walking up to someone and asking them out. But is it an essential part of the human experience? I just don't know. I don't know. Yeah, just you describing that it doesn't bring up a specific uh, experience that I had that I can think of, but I know that feeling. And you've had that feeling, whether it's asking someone out or having a hard conversation at work professionally. And yeah, more and more kids, especially, but even adults are maybe not having to do that. And it remains to be seen if that effect. But I do think, and obviously, this is where the research and, and time will tell, but it's important to be aware of at the very least. And I would certainly encourage people to take the information that you've given us today and, and bring it to awareness. If you're on your phone, have some awareness, really. And it's hard because they're designed to kind of capture your attention. And I'm sure a lot of people listening, obviously, I know I'm, I'm sure you've seen the social dilemma and, and what's going on. And I think it's so important just to really be aware how it's affecting our personal lives and, and our relationships. And that's all we can really do. But I tend to be maybe more cautious of like, all right, I want to use this and, and you've given us some great tools of how to use it, but then don't dive too much in. You got to get those bowling balls in and get that real life experience. You absolutely do. And I think for me, that's really important. Like I definitely need the bowling balls. I need them daily. One of the things that we haven't touched upon, and I, I'm not even sure, I, I touch on it a little bit in my book, but you know, from the second most of us leave our house, we're in a touch desert. We are not allowed to touch, you know, that is, again, not necessarily just the pandemic. Uh, there are some very strict HR policies that are rightly there because, you know, mandating that we don't touch people at work, even hugs would be inappropriate at work. And we either go to an office or we go into public spaces. People have various feelings about public displays of affection, but basically most of us will get most of our intimate touch in our own homes. And so I'm always surprised when people are like, oh, the second I walk through the door, everyone is all over me. And I'm like, of course, they're all over you. They were also in a touch desert, right? Your children were in a touch desert. Your partner was in a touch desert. They want to intimately touch you. They want to hug you. They want to hold your hand. And it should be we should be happy about that because it's when that disappears that I think we'll have lost something in humanity that may be really important. So I think your hesitance to dive in with all technology is a right. Like we, I need it. I will say too, with my children, I really want them to have those experiences. So interacting with people in a face-to-face -face way. So from the time that they've been little, when we walk into a dentist appointment, I make them check in. I have them interact with a human, look them in the eye and say, I am here for my appointment. When we go to a doctor's appointment, when the doctor asks me a question, I'll look over to my child 
and until they answer so that they can get accustomed to having interactions with their healthcare providers. I have them call and make appointments so they can see what it's like to talk to someone on the phone. I have them call and pay bills so they can see what that's like to talk to someone on the phone when you're paying a bill. So the more experiences we can give our children in diving deep, and I'm not saying that those are necessarily deep dives, but they're deeper than what a lot of kids are doing. The more we can do that, the more we can shape this future generation and make sure that they have the bowling balls. Michelle, I love that. And I am going to get Stella on the phone paying my bills here. She's sick, so it might be a little early, but I... It's it's never too early. It's never too early. I, I think that's great. That is great. And it is something I encourage her to do. Yeah, just like, hey, they asked you your name, you know, when we're meeting new people and she's shy and that's okay. But I kind of give her the space and time to do that. And it is so important because we do have this substitute nowadays and it's harder to have those face-to-face interactions and, and the touch as well. So I think that's a great place to wrap up. I I really love all the information you've given today. Before we wrap up, can you tell our listeners where they can find you online? And if there's anything that we skipped over, or maybe you want to emphasize, and then we'll say goodbye. Oh, yeah, sure. So I can be reached on Instagram at Dr. Michelle Druin, and then on Twitter at Dr. M. Druin. You can reach out to me there via direct message. I'm always happy to talk. I guess to end, I mean, we really did touch upon a lot of the things that I talk about in my book, but I will say this, Chase. I mean, we know what we want really quickly. Okay, whether we're looking at art, whether we're reading a passage, um, whether we're looking at someone that we like, we know what we like, we know what we want very quickly. It doesn't take a lot of time to make those decisions. And the one thing that technology tends to rob us of is time. It disperses our energies towards all of these little things that may not mean much to us, either now or in the long term. So I think the biggest caution I'll leave your listeners with is to really prioritize, what do you want to spend time on doing today? What is it? Who are the people? What are the tasks? And don't divert yourself with the marbles on the pool cover, by anything. Just really try to divert yourself only to the things that you know you want, you know you like. And that kind of social economizing, I think, is really the way that we can successfully navigate a digital world. I love that. Thanks so much, Michelle. And our listeners can find all the links in the show notes and on the website, idopodcast.com. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thanks a lot, Jason. Have a great day. As always, thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode. As always, all the links to the guest as well as any of their recommendations will be in the show notes page. You can find the link to that in the episode description or by going to idopodcast.com. Click on the podcast tab up at the top and you will have access to all the episodes that we've ever done. There are over 300 of them. Uh, And while you're on our website, if you haven't checked out our free 14-day happy couple challenge, Challenge. We really hope you do. It's a free email challenge that we send to you. It's 14 days of fun, easy, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. 
And if you're looking for something that provides a little more help with working on your relationship, whether it's improving intimacy or communication with your partner, or just bringing the spark back, we would love for you guys to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. We're offering $100 off to all of our listeners. If you go to sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock, we've worked with over 15 psychologists and therapists to create the real life tools and strategies that they are teaching their clients. So we wanted to give them to you. It's a self-paced online course that can be done in as little as a month or up to three months. You can really decide how much or how little you want to do with your partner or maybe just yourself. So we hope you guys check that out. It's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Have a great day. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.